Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Chronicles chapter 15 from the World English Bible. David made himself houses in David's city, and he prepared a place for God's ark, and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, No one ought to carry God's ark but the Levites, for Yahweh has chosen them to carry God's ark and to minister to him forever. David assembled all Israel at Jerusalem to bring up Yahweh's ark to its place, which he had prepared for it. David gathered together the sons of Aaron and the Levites, of the sons of Kohath, Uriel the chief, and his brothers, 120, of the sons of Merari, Asaiah the chief, and his brothers, 220, of the sons of Gershom, Joel the chief, and his brothers, 130, of the sons of Elisaphan, Shemaiah the chief, and his brothers, 200, of the sons of Hebron, Eliel the chief, and his brothers, 80, of the sons of Uzael, Aminadab the chief, and his brothers, 112. David called for Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asaiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab, and said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' households of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both you and your brothers, that you may bring the ark of Yahweh, the God of Israel, up to the place that I have prepared for it. For because you didn't carry it at first, Yahweh our God broke out in anger against us, because we didn't seek him according to the ordinance. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of Yahweh, the God of Israel. The children of the Levites bore God's ark on their shoulders with its poles, as Moses commanded according to Yahweh's word. David spoke to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brothers as singers with instruments of music, stringed instruments, harps, and cymbals, sounding aloud and lifting up their voices with joy. So the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and of his brothers, Asaph, the son of Berechiah, and of the sons of Merari, their brothers, Ethan, the son of Cushaiah, and with them their brothers of the second rank, Zechariah, Ben, Jeazael, Shemaramath, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Benaniah, Maasaiah, Mattathiah, Eliphelehu, Miknaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jeiel, the doorkeepers. So the singers, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan were given symbols of bronze to sound aloud, and Zechariah, Aziel, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Maasaiah, and Benaniah with stringed instruments set to Alamoth, and Mattathiah, Eliphalehu, Miknaiah, Obed-Edom, Jeiel, and Azaziah with harps tuned to the eight-stringed lyre to lead. Chenaniah, chief of the Levites, was over the singing. He taught the singers because he was skillful. 
Berechiah and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark, Shebaniah, Joshaphat, Nethanel, Amasai, Zechariah, Benaiah, and Eleazar the priests blew the trumpets before God's ark, and Obed-Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. So David, the elders of Israel, and the captains over thousands went to bring the ark of Yahweh's covenant up out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. When God helped the Levites who bore the ark of Yahweh's covenant, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, as were all the Levites who bore the ark, the singers, and Chenaniah, the choirmaster with the singers. And David had an ephod of linen on him. Thus all Israel brought the ark of Yahweh's covenant up with shouting, with the sound of the cornet, with trumpets and with cymbals, sounding aloud with stringed instruments and harps. As the ark of Yahweh's covenant came to David's city, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out at the window and saw King David dancing and playing, and she despised him in her heart. That is the end of chapter 15. These events are also recounted in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. It is there we are told of David's response to Michael, his wife, when he explains her worldly criteria of him not acting kingly enough. In 1 Samuel 18.20, it does say she loved David, and then in 1 Samuel 19, verses 11-17, through 17, it explained how she helped him escape from her murderous father, King Saul, at the time. And in his treachery, King Saul then gave Michal to another man in 1 Samuel 25.44, which according to the law of Moses was adultery, and the man should have refused, and obviously her father shouldn't have done it. But then in 2 Samuel 3.14, King David, he's finally king then, requires that she be returned to him. So they were probably originally married not long after he killed Goliath when David was about 20 years old, but it's shortly after that that he flees. So they didn't have a long time together. And then sometime before Saul's son Ishbosheth is killed, King David does get her back around 15 or 18 years later, when David is still in Hebron. And this is after he has married several other women, but before he has done what he did with Bathsheba. So their relationship is a rather sad story. It seems her lack of humility and worshipful reverence of God was highlighted to show David's humility in worship from a pure heart. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. The Ark of God is interesting. They were not to worship it ever, but it was provided to help them commune with and reverently worship Yahweh. Here, the tent that David pitched was apparently different, not the tabernacle that was constructed in the wilderness, even though in the next chapter, chapter 16, it uses the word tabernacle for this tent, but tabernacle just means tent. And in 1 Chronicles 16.39, it clarifies that that tabernacle was still in Gibeon. Why David didn't bring it to Jerusalem is not specified here. What is specified is that David had checked with God's word and found there was only one way to transport the ark. The Lord Yahweh had chosen the Levites for this. You can see here that God does choose people for certain roles, but 
the previous fiasco shows they still had to choose whether or not to obey and fulfill their role properly. They definitely could not presume to try to approach Yahweh any other way than how he designated. Hopefully that reminds you of Jesus saying that he is the only way to come to the Father. And it's not that God is being hard to get along with. God knows what is good and true. And if he says it's the only way, it's the only way. Regarding the list of names, first of all, Levi is obviously one of the 12 tribes descended from Jacob's son, Levi. He had three sons. We see some of this genealogy in Exodus 6, and also there was some in 1 Chronicles 6. So Levi's three sons are Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, which are the first three groups given here in 1 Chronicles 15. However, certain branches have apparently become distinguished, either in number or honor somehow. If you look at Exodus 6.22, you see there's an Elzaphan, which is probably a variant spelling of Elizaphan, and he was a great-grandson or descendant of Kohath. Now, Hebron was actually a son of Kohath, as was Uzziel. So that accounts for the other three groups that are mentioned. As for their numbers, the 112 of verse 10 indicates that there was no estimating here. The others were just more round numbers in who was actually there. So the leader and their brothers or kinsmen were called to perform the work they had been chosen for, but they still had to sanctify themselves. Even though they were chosen, they still had to obey in faith. In verse 13, David emphasizes that they are doing things correctly this time. Last time they didn't, in 1 Chronicles 13, verses 9 and 10, someone died because they didn't do it right. Verse 16 is interesting to think about, especially as we talked about appointment of people in Acts chapter 13. Here, too, we see the musicians weren't randomly appointed. They have already prepared to play, they have practiced, they have learned to play, and those who had taken time to learn were then appointed to this function. And this was not a quiet, somber march, it was joyful. Yes, David was humbling himself, but that didn't equal lack of enthusiasm. We heard about the three singers, Heman, Ethan, and Asaph, in 1 Chronicles 6, verses 33, 39, and 44, giving their full lineage from Levi. More specifics are given about the second rank further on in 1 Chronicles 15 here and the instruments they played in verses 20 and 21. A note in my New King James Version cross-reference Bible points out that Azael in verse 20 is a variation of Jeazael in verse 18. The word Alamoth in verse 20 is also found as part of the title of Psalm 46, and according to the Strong's lexicon, it means either soprano or the singing of young women. So it could be referring to the range of the instrument or possibly women singing along with them, and that's not far-fetched. As we saw in Exodus 15.20, Miriam led singing of women there. It's kind of funny that the Chenaniah guy isn't mentioned until verse 22, even though he is the instructor in charge and skillful. And then also, back to verse 21, in the World English Bible, it used the phrase tuned to the eight-string lyre. That word, that phrase is left as shemineth in some translations, and it is thought to indicate a lower octave, 
Thus, when added to the alamoth, that would give a more full-bodied sound. For verses 23 and 24, the commentary by Robert Jameson in the Blue Letter Bible explains that the organization here indicates that Berechiah and Elkanah were preceding the ark, taking care of the doors as the ark entered the tent, while Obed-Edom and Jehiah were drawing up the rear and taking care of the doors as the ark already had passed through. As for the blowing of the trumpets, we might be tempted to think they were just making noise, but since everything else associated with music here involves a great deal of skill and planning, I expect that it was spectacular. Of course, the first mention of trumpets was Exodus 19.13, which was calling the people to Mount Sinai to meet and worship with God. And then trumpets were part of the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 25.9 and part of the victory over Jericho in Joshua 6. You could do a word search to see first mentions of words in the Bible, and it's kind of fascinating. In verse 24, here in First Chronicles 15, they give God all the credit for helping them accomplish this appropriately. And at this point, the clothing of the Levites and King David is mentioned. In verse 27, it says that David and the priests had linen garments on. Well, the priests were supposed to wear such things, and you can look at Exodus 39:27, for example. But Michael's reaction, especially as detailed in 2 Samuel 6, helps us to understand that David was humbling himself by dressing thus. But if you look at the wording in 2 Samuel 6, sometimes it says uncovering or to be uncovered. This seems to mean his dancing was uninhibited or he wasn't dressed in his kingly garb. A tunic covers his body just fine. But whatever the reason was for her saying uncovered, King David's worship was obviously acceptable, much like Abel's offering was acceptable. So Michael's despising him was rebuffed by him, as specifically in 2 Samuel 6. He was humble before God, but he answered her with conviction based on faith in God. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.